Hey everyone, my name is Asher Roddy. And this is Tyler Whipple. Welcome to Talking Two-Tone. We're thrilled to bring you a new and thought-provoking podcast that talks all things Tennessee Titans. Go ahead and reserve your ticket now. It's going to be an incredible journey. Tighten up. All right, ladies and germs, welcome back to another edition of Talking Two-Tone. My name is Asherati, and once again, I'm joined by the best in the business, Tyler Whipple. Uh, let's just dive right into it, man. I'm telling you, there's been a lot of good shit going on around the NFL. Bombshells everywhere. It's like you're in the trenches of World War II. It's like, it's unbelievable. Um, First and foremost, I just want to say what a disaster the Carson Wentz experiment was in Indianapolis. They traded him for a third-round pick and some change, and they gave up a first-round pick only to lose to the Jaguars. And now and now they don't even have a fucking quarterback. They're going to, there's rumors they're going to get Jimmy Garoppolo, who is arguably worse than Carson Wentz. But anyhow, that's what I, that's what I have to say about that one. There are so many other ones, but that was the one that really just, you know, kind of me – Kind of made me chuckle a little bit. Hey, count me in for all all Colts dysfunction stories. Uh, I love it. Uh, maybe um, I don't know if any of you guys are Cowherd followers or listeners, but this guy like literally like really like just blows off Chris Ballard on like every segment he possibly can. And even he's like like what are you doing here? You know you don't even have a quarterback at this point. This, this draft is a terrible quarterback draft, and uh, you're trading away the. The only guy on your roster that has any kind of starting experience. So maybe uh, maybe the Colts are turning in the wrong direction. That's what we hope. Maybe they don't have something up their sleeve. I mean, if they're Garoppolo, if they're going after him, he's just he's just Carson Wentz who gets hurt more, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah. My, the biggest the biggest story of the, of the weekend, though, so far, the week, was, of course, the Russell Wilson going to Denver. We all want to see Russ with the Titans, but uh, John Robinson and the boys, they had a uh, – different idea of what our quarterback situation is going to be this year. We just want to keep Ryan Tannehill, which is, you know, that's what we got to do, maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm, the longer I think about it, the more I'm getting more anticipated in this in this season um, with Ryan Tannehill. Not to jump all over the place, but I just this has been on my mind a little. Uh, you know, we're going in the second year with Todd Downing, and Ryan Tannehill really never got to – fit his pieces in like he wanted to. You know, he didn't get to rely on the run game like he did last year all season long. I know the playoff game was there, but these guys really didn't get to jail together. The, the big foursome of A.J., Julio, and, and Tannehill, and the King, of course. So, I'm thinking I'm thinking this season is going to be better than we're expecting with Ryan Tannehill. So, let's just pump the brakes on getting rid of him because he's our quarterback now. we got to rally behind the guy and support him. And I, I got I got a feeling we're going to revert more towards the 2020 Ryan Tannehill than we did in 21 Tannehill. That's just my thoughts on the Russell Wilson stuff. So yeah, I mean they 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 love him, and I'm I'm sure most fans can. I mean they're kind of split on him right now, but everybody always you know short term memory is is something you have to have in the NFL. And to be honest with you, a lot of people throw out Tannehill's postseason stats, but the three-game span where, you know, we were playing Kansas City and New England and Baltimore back-to-back-to-back to back to back, um, when he when we really exploded and Derrick Henry kind of announced himself as, all right, I'm here, you fuckers. Um, we didn't have – the game plan was never to throw the ball. And if, if everybody wants us to get, like, the this, you know, transformative quarterback, 
Tennessee has always and always will be of the mindset, run first. Every yeah. single time. Tough, gritty players. Quarterback can make plays, surround them around weapons, and cover up the deficiencies. Play hard-nosed defensive football, win in the trenches. And believe it or not, there's no questioning Ryan Tannehill's toughness. All right? The guy has been – he is gritty. He's tough. He wins games when he needs to win games. He orchestrates the offense. But what any quarterback in the situation of dysfunction that Ryan Tannehill had last year, you know, I've kind of regressed a little bit on this point. You know, I put a lot of blame on Tannehill for losing that playoff game. But at the same time, you can't really blame him all too much. It was the first time – he only had, I think, three full games um, with with Julio and A.J. and Derek out there. You know, that that's not – that's a disaster right there. He's having moving parts in and out of the offense. But it's that's enough of that. We're t- Tannehill is our quarterback in – for at least two more years. All right, that that's the way it is. Um, we are now underneath the salary cap, which is fantastic. Um, made a lot of good moves. I agree with cutting Roger Saffold. I think that was necessary. Um, he, he was just owed too much money. His body's breaking down. He's not what he used to be. Um, Kendall Lamb, disaster. Um, re-signed more, uh, Cox, which I think was a good one. Um, we re-signed. Logan Woodside, which means Tannehill is the starter. Um, cut Darrington Evans, waste of a draft pick in the third round. Resign, that means we're probably going to try to either re-sign Hilliard or Foreman or both, which I would be okay with that. Um, Khalil Mack is now a charger. <laughs> That's scary. That's very scary. Um, a lot of good stuff happened around the NFL. Tennessee is getting sneakily better. Um, I think Raiden's is going to fill in the left guard spot. Uh, I think now we're going to have to draft the right tackle because it was either going to be Saffold or Luan cut, and they went with Saffold. They're not going to cut Taylor Luan. They're not going to cut both of them, I should say. No, Taylor um, Luan's a foundational piece. I don't see us cutting him until he gets on the decline. He's not like he didn't like Saffold last year. People's got to realize that. Um, a lot of people hate Taylor Luan for whatever reason. He had the, the in horrible of anomaly of a game the first week against Chandler Jones. He went off like five sacks, I believe, on us. But after that, yeah. Taylor one was so steady on the left side. The guy went back to his perennial Pro Bowl years after that. So there's no way you cut your one of the best left tackles in the league. And he's yeah. pretty cheap at this point too. So yeah, we're on the back end of his contract. So you know, it's 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 cheap. Um, we did sign Harold Landry to a five year. $87 million contract with $53 million guaranteed. I, you know, that one I'm a little bit torn on. I, I love keeping the front four together. That I will say. I love that move. You've got to keep that defense intact. you got to run it back. But I will say this, $53 million guaranteed. He's not quite earning, you know, Bosa, uh, Bosa money and Watt money. But I'm telling you right now, if you were to put Harold Landry against those two, those two are significantly better than they are in every dime they get. I think Harold Landry is a benefit of the scheme. I don't think Harold Landry, you know, first three years didn't have double-digit sack season. Then you surround him with this talent. He can thrive. I love it. Um, and people aren't talking about the depth we have as, at, at, at edge rusher. I mean, we have Rashad Weaver, who many picked and, you know, and – mocked as the most technically sound edge rusher in that draft class. He just had off the field concerns and injuries and played in Pittsburgh, which fucking sucks for college football. But um, 
No, I, I think Harold Landry, we got him at a fairly decent price. His cap hit is only going to be $5 million this year, which is fantastic. It gives us so much flexibility. Um, I'm going to go into my crystal ball here right, right now and tell you that Jack Rabbit Jenkins is going to get cut next. He's going to get cut soon. That's going to clear up another $6 million. Um, there are a lot of people – I'm hearing a lot more – more so now that people are just really thinking that Julio Jones is going to get caught. And I'm going to cut, and I'm going to tell you why I think that's a bad idea. I think Julio came in, got hurt first, like beginning of training camp. And he was just never right. All right. He hurt his hammy. He came back after an ankle injury. So you're rehabbing the ankle and putting all that extra stress on that leg. Um, I'm not a doctor, but I can tell you one thing uh, you get, you give your chance, you give yourself, and your body a whole offseason to get healthy. Who knows? I mean, we saw glimpses of Julio being Julio. Um, the numbers are not a good testament for cutting Julio Jones, all right? He, Tennessee doesn't throw the ball that much. Um, mm-hmm. Before A.J. Brown, we hadn't had a 1,000-yard re- receiver since Kendall Wright, I believe, in 2014 yep. or 15. Um, so, you know, the, especially when you have Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry was on pace to shatter the rushing carry yard record a rushing carries um, in the NFL history. He was going over well over 500, well over 500 carries. So pump the brakes. I say we keep Julio, run it back on offense one more time. Go get an elite tight end for the love of God. Go get a tight end. Go sign OJ Howard. Go sign OJ Howard right now. Mm. Go sign him. And he's not elite, but he clears up a roster spot. That adds, you know, much needed cornerback depth much needed, you know, whatever else position you can think we need. Offensive line. Offensive line. Offensive yeah. line, yeah. Offensive line right there. It clears up a roster spot. There's no reason to have three tight ends. There's just not. Um, that's, how I, that's how I feel about it. Hey, Landry, yeah. great, great contract for the first year. The piggybacking off what you said, you made a few points there, but Harold Landry uh, signed. People were surprised that he didn't get the tag. And we, we talked about it last few podcasts that we fully expected him to get the tag when he – when he didn't get it, we all kind of thought, well, they're going to let him walk. And uh, obviously they didn't. So what I'm thinking, what, what I'm thinking while we're paying this defensive line so much is, guys, we just talked about Tannehill earlier. Tannehill's contract's up in two years. we got to pay A.J. and Jeffrey Simmons next year, correct? And David Long. And David Monty Long. Hooker. So we got to pay those. And one of those guys are not going to be here with us. And it's probably, I would Amani. say, going to be David Long. I would, I would assume David Long. Because a money hooker is going to be cheaper, and um, we can we, we've got a m- little more rise. linebacker rep depth than we think in Tennessee. So I would say a money hooker, which I don't want to see. But anyway, that just goes on to say. But we got Tannehill for two more years. You got to pay all those guys next year. We're going to be in cat hell next year. So what I'm thinking is the reason to go ahead and sign these guys now because we're going to get really cheap at quarterback because I fully expect us to draft a quarterback two years from now. So that's uh, they're going to play Tannehill and see how it goes. But the reason they're, they're signing these big contracts with these guys like this is I believe they think they can win with the talent they have with a good young quarterback, which could be the scenario if we draft one this year. You know, if they really believe in one of the guys at 26 this year, we might draft. You never know. We might draft, I don't know, Ritter or uh, the, the guy to Liberty or – the guy from North Carolina. Well, I mean, I don't really, I don't really believe in those guys either. But John Robinson and Mike Rabel really like them a lot. So you never know why they're doing these contracts because they get out of Tannehill's contract after next year, they're going to be really cheap at quarterback and they can afford to pay all those guys. And that's how a lot of these Super Bowls have been won as of late. Uh, 
Kansas City's first Super Bowl, they weren't paying Patrick Mahomes nothing. If you think of Russell Wilson back in 2013, they weren't paying him nothing. A lot of these guys was making more money per week than Russell Wilson made the entire year. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. If you can get cheap at quarterback and you can win with these big contracts, you can pay the rest of your roster really well. Like we talked, Asher made the point earlier about this team has always been a run first team. If you can, you know, build the pieces around a good game managing young quarterback who can make the plays when needs to be made, you know, I mean, if okay, I'm going to give you this hypothetical here, Asher. Say we could say we just say Mac Jones was coming out two years from now, and we could draft the Mac Jones. Do you think this Titans team could have won a Super Bowl at Mac Jones at quarterback or a second year Mac Jones? Mm, yeah, probably. Okay, so that uh, maybe that's what they're setting up the future for. So maybe we're going to see AJ Brown and Jeff Simmons sign massive deals, and we're going to get Amani Hooker and David Long, all these guys back if they're still playing relatively well, and maybe that's what we're sign- setting up for. Because I can't really fathom why we paid Harold Landry eighteen million dollars a year for the production that he's had. So that, that's just where I'm at on that. And then what was the next point? Oh, Julio. Everybody's complaining about Julio on Twitter, right? So I don't understand either. When Julio was needed, when we had Julio out there in the big time games and spots, whatever, Julio kind of delivered for us. People forget that one. In the bigger games this season, that's when Julio played. We didn't play him in the games we didn't need him. So when he was needed and he was there to stretch the field, take the double bracket coverage off AJ, take a little, you know, pressure off the run game. He was out there. So, I mean, just Julio's presence out on the field is worth keeping his salary this year, which makes $9 million. For for a a receiver who is probably the best receiver of his generation. I agree with that a hundred percent. He's a first ballot hall of Famer. 100%. So why wouldn't we go ahead and keep that guy? Just, just use him as we did last year as a decoy at times, really. And you forget that, the Week 17 game against the Texans, he freaking played amazing to clinch the playoff, to clinch the division. Yeah, so, he caught the he caught, I believe, the game-winning touchdown. He did. So I mean, people, you got you've got to stop hating on Julio so much. Let him get time to get healthy. And I know we've said this a million times, but give him next year because it can happen. Look, Larry Fitzgerald played a long time and was really well. Why can't Julio jump if he has the passion to play and he wants to and he wants to really win a Super Bowl? He's got this kind of talent and this many reps in his in his repertoire, and he's 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 the player that he is. There's absolutely no sense not to pay this man nine million dollars to play for us next year, you know. So that's that's I think that's a ludicrous take. Julio Jones should not be cut because who's going to be our wide receiver? Who's wide receiver two? Who the Marcus Johnson? I like Marcus Johnson, but he is not not a wide receiver two in the NFL. So that's my takes on on your points there. Yeah, with those points though, Asher, um, what what do you what do you want to give the the, the listeners here maybe our, our thoughts on after all these bombshells we were talking about earlier and and what the Titans have done, which hasn't really been splashy moves, but I think they have been necessary moves. Um, yeah, so like Tennessee hasn't done anything really sexy, and they're probably not going to do anything sexy this offseason. Um. But sometimes you don't need to have splash players, you know, some, you know, like in, in free agency, sometimes like your team, you believe in your team so much and the players around it that you're, you're only a couple of pieces here and there. And I think, you know, that's, that's probably where our team is. Like the nucleus is intact, like our defense, everything, every player on our defense now is, is good. Like we're good on defense. 
We have Jeff Simmons. We have Tier Tart. We have Naquan or Daquan Jones. Naquan Jones, whichever Naquan. Is. This, this yeah. is Naquan now. Naquan. Um, we have Harold Landry coming back. We might see a restructure from Zach Cunningham. Um, we have Bud Dupree. We have David Long. We have Amani. We have KB. We have Caleb Farley coming back off injury. We have um, we have Christian Fulton, who's a stud. Jack Rabbit's probably going to get cut, so that'll clear up another six million, almost seven million. Elijah Molden. Elijah Molden, who's turning out to be one of the best rookies in that class. Um, you know, a lot of good stuff on the defense, and that's all coming back. Um, offense, offensive line is going to look very, very different. Um, I, here's how I think it's going to happen. Taylor Luan's going to be left tackle. Taylor Luan is definitely going to be our left tackle week one. Left guard, I could see Raidens or Brewer playing that position. Um, center, we got to resign Ben Jones. We got to resign Ben Jones. Um, right guard, I think it's going to be Nate Davis. And then left tackle or right tackle, um, I would really, really like for us to get a right tackle. I think that we keep fucking Quesenberry. I don't think he starts. I think we draft O line um, in the throughout the draft, or we sign somebody who has been a serviceable player. Or, you know, I could see this. I could see us going left guard through the draft, getting a guard, kind of like the Nate Davis situation, moving Raidens to right tackle, and then, you know, putting maybe Brewer over there at left guard. Um, it just it, it just depends. Um, wide receiver, I could see us. I would like for us to keep Julio Jones. Um I don't think that the $9 million is going to make all that big of a difference if we were to cut him now that we've re-signed Harold Landry. Um, Kendall Lamb, thank God he's gone. Uh, I really, really also like that um, A.J. Brown is excited. Like he, he's, exci- he's a team player. Um, I'd like for us to add one more piece at wide receiver. Um, at 26, you're in such a bind. We've talked about that before. Um, I would love for us to maybe draft like Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, any of those guys I'd be okay with. Um, but what I don't want us to do is draft like a fucking linebacker or something. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, one thing, I, one point I want to make, man, I think when you get premier tackles in the NFL, you should do everything in your power to keep them. We are still scrambling to replace Jack Conklin from a few years ago. Uh, if if just think if we had if we just went ahead and paid Jack Conklin the money that he deserved, I know we may have been in cap hell too then. But when you have premier tackles, and Jack Conklin is absolutely a premier right tackle in the NFL. I think you just have to sign them because they're the ones that are protecting your quarterback from sacks practically. Practically, I mean, your right tackle and your left left tackle obviously protects the blind side of your guy right at quarterback, but your right tackle also protects from premier pass rushers. So we are still scrambling to replace him. We still have it. You know, he was an all pro as a rookie and we, we fumbled the bag on him and uh, we didn't, we didn't resign him when we could have. And I know the money wasn't really there at the time, but they should have, I think that's one of John Robinson's only mishaps that he's few mishaps as he's had in off seasons. Cause he usually nails the off season. So, um, that's just a point I like to make. When I think when you have a premier tackle on either side, you got to do what you got to do to sign them. Because look, the Titans, they haven't replaced him since he's been gone. So, um, with that thought, I think we I think we got to go right tackle in the first round. We got to draft, unless they're just not any that's even worthy of the top three rounds. I wouldn't want to go like the Raiders did with Leatherwood and draft him as a tackle and he plays guard all year. So, 
I would like to see the Titans do everything they can to get the kid out of Northern Iowa because he looks like an absolute animal, and uh, he he just he just looks like he absolute right tackle in the NFL. So I, I'd like to see him get him, and like you said, I mean the lineup just just plug him in and the lineup be exactly how you said it. Um, maybe you put Nate Davis on the left side instead of uh, Brewer Radons. I don't know what they do there. Uh, they had to get with Brable and the guys. I had to figure that out, but I'd really really hope the Titans address, like you said, some a speedster. Get get out of this Chester Rogers type deal. Let's go get some, a guy with real elusiveness, real speed, and a Chris Olave or uh, um I'm can't think of the kid's name from Alabama at Torrey's ACL right Jameson, now. Jameson Jameson Williams. Williams. If you can get him if he can if he can just play the later half of the season like um Jeff Simmons did when he came in. Uh well, he tore his ACL a little earlier than Jeff Simmons did because Jeff Simmons did in his pro day, I believe. So, uh, James Williams is probably a month or two of, ahead of Big Jeff was in his recovery. So, I think he'd probably play some meaningful snaps this year. So, if we could get your hands on a guy like that, just an absolute playmaker. And the, the receivers out of Alabama have just all hit of late. I mean, just none of them come into the league and and don't just succeed, really. Look at Jalen. Henry Ruggs is playing well before he had his problem and then, uh, Mark Cooper, uh, Calvin Ridley's had his problems, but he was awesome. Julio Jones, all of these guys are just good. So I think Alabama's just doing a really good job developing their players. But that, that's that's just what I'd like to see. I'd like to see us really address that right tackle spot and really get somebody in there that we can have a linchpin for at least five years and then uh, get some speed on this offense because that's one thing we're really lacking too. Um, and and one, one thing, and this might not really address the offseason, but – I'm hearing the reports of Tannehill and King Henry and AJ Brown all like really asking for loads and loads of film. I'm sure you've seen this, Asher. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping Todd Downing is doing the same thing. I'm hoping he's in the building with the guys, you know, and they're going over all the schematics and the tendencies of all these teams. And he just becomes a better play caller because he's spending more time with these guys. And I think that right there, we could talk about all the positionings and, and all the schemes and all the picks and all the free agents and all this good stuff that we enjoy talking about, none of that's going to matter if Todd Downing's play, calling plays like he did last year. So I really, really think that's the, the most pivotal part of this offseason. It's getting Tannehill and Todd Downing on the same page and uh, them having game plans in, in and out of every week that's going to give us the best position to win. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much on my side. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said there. And also, we have the benefit of this draft being extremely deep at, at uh, offensive offensive line. It's it's one of the the deepest depth drafts drafts in the in recent memory. Um, I really do believe Tennessee is going to get some much needed offensive line help in the draft. And you know, Quesenberry would be a great backup to have. Or if Ty Sambrillo just didn't fucking retire, that would have been helpful too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, go go try and get Dennis Kelly too if you can. You know, he's over there and bringing the Undertaker back. He's he's wasting away over there in Green Bay. It's pretty sad to see it, but you know, it's it's um it's a good time to be a Titans fan because our core is so intact. Like we have everything we need. Um, and they're young. Our core is young. People forget that Harold Landry is only what twenty five. Yeah, exactly. He's young. He's a young gun, and I'm telling you, 
this defense is nasty, man. It's nasty. A lot of people are saying we should go get Bobby Wagner. I don't think we need Bobby Wagner. We do not need Bobby Wagner. I wouldn't pay for Bobby Wagner at this point with all the other holes we have on offense. No, there's no reason to get Bobby Wagner. We have Zach Cunningham, who probably is going to restructure, which would also open up more money for us to go and maybe sign offensive line, proven offensive line in, in free agency. Um, I don't really know. I don't have any names off the top of my head. But I, I, I hate to see – to Spain. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, I kind of want to – I kind of want to close this podcast and kind of just say, you know, I hate to see Roger Saffold go. He was such a critical player for us. Uh, he only missed three games out of his 49 possible games with the Titans. Um, but with that being said, you know, I wish him, wish him the best in his career. He's probably never going to hear this, but like he did a lot for the culture. Um, yeah. And, you know, he helped, helped Tennessee and he came to Tennessee when nobody really wanted to come to Tennessee. So, uh, you know, it's tough to see these players go, you know, no team has ever had a hundred percent retention through free agency. Mm-hmm. Can't think of a single one. So Darrington Evans is gone. Um, Rashawn Evans is probably – Rashawn Evans is gone. Okay, he, he's not coming back. Jayon Brown's not coming back. Um, all of these players that were, you know, good players for us at, at one point or another are probably going to be gone. And I'm pretty excited to see this next season and what it's going to entail. I think, you know, just from what's going on in the AFC South, we're going to go – we're going to have a three-peat. Um Three in a row, we're gonna get we're gonna get a you know host a playoff game, and uh, I could really legitimately see us winning thirteen or twelve games again. Um, just it's it, it's just it, I would not count on the catastrophic injuries again. Uh, I'm excited about seeing what this season entails. I'm gonna be at the draft, so it's gonna be pretty interesting to see you know how teams react and all that stuff. How I'm gonna react, I don't even know it. Usually this far out from the draft, we kind of have an idea. We've narrowed it down to like two or three players who we think Tennessee could draft. Um, to me, I have no fucking clue what could happen because you're at 26. 26 is a wild card. I could see us trading back into the second round, acquiring more picks. I could see us taking a tackle. I could see us taking a wide receiver. I could see us taking a tight end. I have no fucking clue what's going to happen. And I, that's the beauty of free agency in the offseason. That's yeah, why that's, none of us are GMs. Yeah, yeah. The, let them guys that's been doing this so well for us the last five years in J-Rob and let them handle their business. But I want to piggyback off what you said about Roger Saffold. Yeah, we really appreciate what Roger Saffold done for the franchise. Like you said, the left side of that offensive line has been so steady for the last three years that we get all, all those. When you go back and look at a lot of those 99-yard runs, 80-yard runs, 60-yard runs, 50 they're coming off the left side because Roger Saffold and Taylor Lewan just carved those big holes for Derrick Henry. And, and then you got Ben Jones getting up on the linebackers. And uh, it's going to be tough to see Saffold gone. But, you know, that's what they say about the NFL. It's a business. And uh, if you want to sign Harold Landry to $18 million a year, there's somebody who's going to be left out. And it was just – it was Roger Saffold's time to go. And we may be regretting seeing Saffold gone. Uh, he may be an all-pro next year wherever he lands because he's going to get signed. He's going to get another bag. So, um, I hate to I, see it, but I would uh, much rather see him go than Taylor Lewan. I will say, oh, yeah, that. yeah, 100%. And then you don't want to have no, you don't want to have uncertainty at both tackle positions. That's a that is a dangerous, dangerous game to play. Oh, yeah, 
yeah, yeah. You got if you get a left tackle, cornerstone left tackle, you got to keep them in the building as long as they're contributing at a high level. But you said uh, Rashawn Evans was Rashawn Evans drafted the same year. I can't. I'm, I'm losing it. Was he? Was, I know he was the first round pick. Was Harold Landry the second round pick? 2018. Yep, Harold Landry was the second round. pick. Okay, so look, so Rashawn Evans was our first round pick, highly touted, and if every, I wanted Harold Landry in the first round that year because I, I was raging so much about how good he was out of Boston College and blah blah blah. He was he was doing all this, and everybody thought he would be a first rounder. And then it's just kind of funny to see how it turns out, you know. Everybody loved Rashawn Evans coming out. The way we were so happy about Rashawn Evans coming out to be a Tennessee Titan. And then Harold Landry ends up getting the bag, and Rashawn Evans is going to be walking off trying to find a new contract with a new team. So it's just weird how this plays out, guys. We can talk about it all we want, but it really doesn't matter until they get on the field and it translates. And uh, obviously, we've, Harold Landry worked out, and Rashawn Evans didn't for us at the end. So it's just it is. It is like like you said. It's a perfect way to say it. It is what it is, and we we just gotta support the guys that we get, and uh, always back them. We gotta get in that Nissan Stadium and cheer this team on, and like Asher said, get twelve or thirteen more wins because this division. If the Colts don't get a quarterback, this might be the easiest division to win for a long time. So yeah, it, it's bad. I'm telling you, Sam Ellinger at quarterback is what it's looking like right now. Look Sam at the Ellinger quarterbacks the- in this division. Sam Ellinger. Uh, the kid out of Texas, the Texans, I can't think of his name, but he lit us up week 17. And then um, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Trevor Lawrence is going to be good. The talent is there. It just depends on how Jacksonville decides to fuck him up. Um, we got Doug Peterson there now, but Shot Khan has proven over and over again he's incapable. not a very good owner. He is incapable. So. Um, but, yeah, that, that's that's all I pretty much to have have to say, so – I'm just going to end it with a big old juicy tighten up, baby. Yeah, a juicy one. Tighten up, boys and girls.